Step into my circle with the opposite of Urkel When I pull up flying purple, people eaters could invite me I feel the fate of Herschel And I just leave them on the limb and hand them up in this weapons of walking that I already killed them Skin blanco, lyrical weapon kicking like a bronco Head honcho, spherical presence came from the grotto A dead rapper wrap his body in a poncho And crack his melon with a combo like pronto Saganara Welcome back to As Indie Grows. I am your host, Remington Ramsey, with my celebrity guest host, Marcus Mangus. What's up? And today our guest um, is Mr. Ryan Allwart. And uh, Ryan, I mean, the first thing I noticed about you just by your name alone is that whoever came up with your last name tried as hard as they could to make it the hardest spelling. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a silent <laughs> H and a silent D. It's very German. Uh, it, yeah, but our kids, my kid, my son Gus, who's five... He knows how to spell it perfectly. I'm like, there you go. There you go, kid. And he's going to have to teach me. But yeah. Ryan is a uh, is a savant, and I'm going to say that you're a savant. Wow. Most of the people we have on this show are savants. In okay. fact, the only one that isn't so far has been Marcus. That's right. Um, but he <laughs> That's is why a celebrity. I don't have my own episode. <laughs> we'll get there, buddy. You'll interview enough people where you'll be like, you'll have information that we want, and then you'll there be interested. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that's code for we're not going to get there. (laughs) What's cool about Ryan is that I wanted to book him on the show just because he's a cool guy. I've been seeing around uh, in certain circles, even at church, but uh, host of co-host of Fox 59's Indie Now in the mornings at 10 a.m. I had the pleasure of being on that show a couple times to promote uh, Pub Theology with Darren. Um, And then I found out one of the coolest things in my opinion, is that you were a member of Straight No Chaser. Yes, that's and right. that's where I would like to start, because that, okay. that kind of started right uh, yeah. when you became a man, which is college. Yes. I'm told that's when you become a man. <laughs> that's when you college. officially become a man. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I think, a lot, I mean, I didn't know the history of Straight No Chaser. Sure. I didn't know the history of uh, the members inside it or where they are now. Yeah. I just... You know, every Christmas I get out. I mean, it's Christmas time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the biggest time for, I'm assuming, touring. Yeah. And, like, even a lot of the albums are geared towards Christmas. But can you kind of give us, like, your journey and then how you and Straight No Chaser found each other? Sure, yeah. So um, I grew up in a Navy family. We moved here in uh, Fishers in 92 uh, as I was entering, you know, junior high. Really, that's where I fell in love with music and performing. Um, really kind of found my niche in high school in the performing arts. My senior year, uh, I learned from my sister that the original founding group of Straight No Chaser was holding auditions. And uh, I had been accepted to IU and, and uh, through a couple other people who encouraged me to go down there and try out. I ended up getting in the group as an incoming IU freshman with my best friend, Mike, uh, wow. who, fellow HSE Royal. And so huh. we hit the ground running, man. But like, hold, yeah. on. Yeah, hold yeah. on. So what was Straight No Chaser at the time? At yeah. that time, was it just a it bit? Was, like- it was a campus group that uh, came from the Singing Hoosiers, a, largest camp, a larger campus choir. But it was really just guys who wanted to get together and sing for sorority girls, uh, maybe <laughs> get some free food out of it. But it really became... Came this uh, this movement on campus like right. they, these guys were so but you weren't you even know, there came, yet and you already no. know it yeah was a big so deal. so I my final semester at HSE high school I was like going to school during the day going to musical rehearsal three days a week and then two days a week I would drive down to Bloomington with Mike rehearse with the guys 
because they were prepping for their final concert, which was really my first concert. So I carried the torch then for four years after they, the founding members, graduated. So then you flash forward to 2007, and we're prepping for, I think, a 20-year reunion weekend and concert uh, down there at IU. One of the founding guys put a video of the group performing that I was not in yet, performing uh, up on this little website called YouTube. As a, kind <laughs> little, of a walk down memory little lane, website. little website, and one of the videos that uh, that that founding member Randy Stein put up got like 10 million hits in in a matter of weeks, and uh, he was sending it to us. We're like, Randy, enough with the emails. We get it. Like, what is YouTube? You know, like, great, it's got 10 million views, but what does this even mean? Well, one of the people that watched it was the chairman of Atlantic Records out in New York City, and he hit Randy up on YouTube, and he's like, Hey, my name's Craig Kalman. I run Atlantic. Uh, I'd love to sign you guys. What are you doing? And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like that group is no longer, we're, we graduated. Like we're, we're off doing different things. And Craig's like, well, it's time to get the band back because we're going to do this thing. And so those original guys reached out to me. I mean, you Mike. have to have pretty good talent to have someone search you out on a pretty pixelated. Yeah. I've seen the video. Yeah. It's old. It's old. <laughs> yeah. It's and and you have to have talent for someone from the uh, the record company to yes. continue to pursue you when you're no longer a band yeah. off of a pixelated YouTube video. Well, he was kudos to him too yeah. for, for the mean, vision. He's on yep. YouTube when it before it was YouTube yeah. um, finding artists. Do you remember about my YouTube video? I do. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't know if we were going to bring it up. <laughs> I, well, I kind of have to. I want to know about this. What is it? Because like, what's interesting is you're talking about the time period when uh, so I would have been a freshman in college in okay. 2008. Uh, 2007, 2006, 2007, E-Bombs World oh, yeah. was the big video I forgot about video E-Bombs shirt. World. That yeah. was the big video. Stupidvideos.com, yeah. E-Bombs World, those were like big. YouTube was kind of like the Facebook of those companies to come yeah. in and do it the right way and become the biggest juggernaut that they are now. Huh. So we, along with the other trends, tried to find all the trend videos and then just redo them. Well, one of, if not the most successful YouTube video of all time, actually, I'm just curious, like, do you know what the most successful? I mean, maybe it's not anymore. I don't know if it is anymore. It's probably got involved with like an animal, like sneezing or something. It's close. I, I, I don't know. I, uh, what what was it? So it was Charlie bit me. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, there's sure. two babies, two yep. like a two year old and a baby. Yep. <laughs> they're sitting there, and they're British nonetheless. And yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you can't accents, yeah. babies. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. win. Little kids with accents are just yeah. great. Super cute. <laughs> That's one of my favorite comedy skits, by the way. But well, go for it. What's that? Um, it's like Nick Swanson or something says he, he's like, I'd love to have a little British baby. <laughs> Daddy, I went wee wee in my knickers. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, yeah. So essentially what we did was we were one of the first, there was one other person that, uh, you, a couple of guys that redid the video, but they didn't do it very good. Okay. We did a word for word and my, uh, roommate was a 300 pound lineman. Uh, for the school, and he played the part of Charlie. So, <laughs> of course. So, what's funny is like we just throw it on YouTube. We think we're funny, and honestly, we shot some really good videos that yeah. year. That was my least favorite, and that was the one that got six million views. Wow! So, and then later, uh, my awesome. roommate told me, "Yeah, we could have been monetizing it. We yeah. would have been able to fly to Vegas back a couple yeah. times with the money, but we decided not to because he clicked no. So that was uh, wow." First, yeah. uh, first lesson on you're YouTube, like, what is what does web monetizing mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. But so I mean, it was it was an amazing opportunity. I remember getting the call. My wife and I had been married three months, and uh, 
you know, I got the call from the guys that were like, hey, you've been seeing the emails that have been going around. Like, this guy's serious. Like, he wants to sign us, and we've got two spots available because two of those founding members had other things going on. They couldn't do it. And uh, they were like, do you want in? Yeah. And I'm like, into what? And they're like, we don't know yet, but he, he's serious. He wants to sign us. I'm like, well, if Mike is in, I'm in. And Mike entered the the, the call. He's like, hey, man, I'm in. And so I, it was basically like getting picked last in dodgeball. <laughs> but it was great. And so that started a five-year chapter for me. I remember sitting my wife down at, <laughs> when she came home that day. I was like, so... I think I got signed to a record deal with like Straight No Chaser, and she knew all those guys because she went to IU as well, and sure. she sang down there, and, and we were all tight. And uh, she was like, "Oh, that's awesome, cool. Uh, when does it start?" I was like, "I have no, I have no clue about anything." She's like, "Great. What do you want to do for dinner tonight?" Yeah. And, like, it was yeah. that kind of conversation. <laughs> yeah. But then it set my life on a really awesome trajectory I for bet. the next five years. Yeah. So for. Um for the the what actually goes on throughout the year is it is it something where you were in the band and traveling all 12 months or did yeah. it really pick up during holidays it or? took about a year and a half for the rocket to really leave the the launching pad i mean yeah. all of us were kind of calling in favors in that first season where like 2008 and 2009 it's a miracle we survived like literally like we were you probably constantly had jobs and families yeah, and all of us, everything right? yeah and we, not not all of us had kids yet i mean we were still relatively young like mid 20s okay. um but it was just insane because the record label wanted us to be like, okay, you're going to do this promo. You're going to go on the Today Show. You're going to do this. You're going to be on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. You're going to go to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. We're going to do a PBS special. Like, it was nuts. And we're arranging music while we're holding down jobs at home, trying to call in favors right. and take vacation days. But that kind of commitment and grit in those early years, I think those were some of the most fun years, even yeah. though they were the most exhausting. Um because nobody knew what we were creating at the time. And so uh, at the height of it, I was gone on the road probably eight or nine months out of the year performing, recording. And so it was this real real collision of worlds and, and honestly rhythms of life when I would come home off the road where my wife was working full time. Yeah. You know, I'd come home and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to be here for three weeks. All right, cool. And then I'm going to be gone for like three months. And so that was... That was tough on That's a young rough. marriage, yeah. um, but it was also, I mean, one of the ben the blessings and benefits of it was Straight No Chaser gave us a great nest egg, you know, early yeah. in our marriage. Sure. It tested our marriage in a way that we never could have predicted. Uh, we survived it, and um, and plus it then led to tons of other opportunities as a performer, an entertainer, and an artist. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So the the band had how many members when you started like when it hit it big time? Yeah, it was always ten. Ten. Uh, now there's currently nine guys in the group. Why? Um, what is it? What is it? What makes it necessary to have that many voices? I don't know. Like, not being a founding member, I don't know what was going through the mind of like why they picked ten. Yeah. Um, we rolled as like <laughs> it was kind of our summer job in college, and we rolled as with as few as like six guys, and that's that's brutal. Um, you've got like a bass and just like a ton of baritones sure. and one one soloist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, <laughs> the tricky part, man, was like you know you put on a two three hour concert every night, yeah. and there's no backing band. You are the band. You are the band. So you're singing. It, it was just vocally really taxing. Sure. Um, See, so we so really had to it, take care was of it ourselves because you had ten. The band was it. You could you can kind of dial it back in a couple songs and save your voice. Yeah, on certain ones. Within, I mean, a little bit, relatively speaking. Yeah, you can dial back, but like the guy next to you is still relying on you to be singing. Right. Um, and then we would always do a signing line after the show for about another hour, and so you really had to be careful about serving your voice as talking. people are yeah talking to people but we love that and they're still doing it too i left the group 
in 2012, uh, at the end of 2012. Uh, so I was in it a full, the first five years of the professional journey of Straight No Chaser. There's actually still a legacy group on campus at IU called Another Round. Um, <laughs> That's we, we actually uh, kind of voluntold them that they needed to change the name because having yeah. two Straight No Chasers going at the same time sure. was a little confusing. Hey, but I love the, I yeah. love the second name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's yeah. really smart. So, yeah. So the, um, you said something about how just kind of saying yes and diving in, yeah. um, not knowing what you didn't know helped with a lot of the develop that grit, mm-hmm. those skills, those relationships. Um, you know, I think we're going to probably transition into like the next stages of your career, Sure, but I imagine that some of that really translates well into to success now. Yeah. It, I mean, I've been able to look back and go, oh, that was leading and preparing me to this opportunity, which then led to this opportunity. But mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes when you're in that moment to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm a professional acapella singer. Where's <laughs> this even going? Um, and then my next pivot was coming back home to Fishers to lead uh, an outreach ministry for high school kids called Young Life, which my wife and I, even before the Straight No Chaser chapter happened, we were volunteering with the organization. So it was near and dear to our heart. Um, we loved working with the kids. And um, and then an opportunity came up to lead it in my hometown at my alma mater, HSE High School, help it grow. They were like, we just need someone who knows the community, uh, who ha- like loves being in front of people. Dynamic, loves con- yeah. And I'm like, okay, check, check, yeah, yeah, check. That's me. And I was looking for an out, too, for about a year in that final chapter of Straight No Chaser. I'm like, how? But, but Is that the- mostly because of the travel and the taxing? Uh, or? Yeah, my wife and I wanted to start a family, and we knew that we didn't want to do it you know, right. apart. And um, I was just kind of reading the, the writing on the wall of like, I'm sensing my time is up right now um would you say your time is i'm trying to picture a movie that would best you know capture the life of a straight no chaser in those five years <laughs> i'm like i'm thinking jersey boys but probably not that drastic so then i go to yeah. pitch perfect and that's a little too like i, I don't know it's somewhere in the middle i'm guessing is Man, what you're like <laughs> it was not really as glitzy or glamorous as you thought it was as you would think it would be it was usually 10 guys just trying to find out where catering was backstage you know where's <laughs> laundry what's the wi-fi password did, did you have a like a big bus or yeah we we survived a tour all together with our crew on one bus for about two years and then we wised oh. up and finally made enough money where we could get two buses, two buses it was like yeah. oh praise <laughs> hallelujah um, I we, get annoyed if I spend like two days in a row with Remington that's yeah <laughs> that's just a car it was fun though I mean you you know you really and, and I'm so grateful that when I did leave that group it was on great terms you know yeah. it was to go it was to go to something else that I was passionate about as opposed to away from that to right. be like oh I can't do this anymore it wasn't that at all um, and I'm still super tight with the guys and when they come through town you know get to see them that was a big transition for me though personally and relationally was you know you're on the road with these guys for nine months out of the year and then it's full stop and then within two weeks you're doing something completely different and you only see them maybe once a year for like a couple hours so looking back to answer your question like it's made a lot more sense than when I was in it Mm -hmm. like to go from acapella singer to youth ministry guy in town um to full-time self-employment and music and voiceover work and now i'm hosting like it's all making sense though now that i've aged a little bit more i'm 40 i'm a dad now when i was 25 26 when this was going down i had i was just in orbit man i was just like circling around straight no chasers gravity being like but to be honest that's where most 25 year olds are i think you're actually a more successful version of where most 25 year olds are especially as you know 
uh, millennials and the next generations are, are, are delaying when they actually buy their first home and when sure. they get married and when they have kids, it's happening more and more. So it's, it's almost like you were a heightened celebrity version of what a 25 year old is at that age. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of it was lightning in a bottle and a lot of it was not my doing. Um, I, I, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a man of faith. And it's like, I, I see that aspect of the bigger story as well of like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> had I tried to design this, it would have been totally different. But um, I think it's been interesting to see, especially in the phase that I'm in now, not even six months at this point into hosting, you know, a lifestyle show on the number one watch news station in, in central Indiana. It's like, I wasn't aware of it. Like yeah. I had a friend get in my ear and be like, hey, this has you written all over it. You need to go for it. Just like if you back up, However many years when I got that call from Straight No Chaser, it was like, hey, good job carrying the torch when we all graduated. Like, we got an opportunity. What do you want to do? Do you, you know? And so saying yes, I haven't said yes to everything, but those moments when they come my way, I'm like, okay, this seems very disparate, but it makes sense in retrospect to hmm. me. Um, and everything is planning and preparing for the next thing. And for the first time in my life, I've really felt just at peace and secure with like, just being in this moment and in this phase now, mm -hmm. as opposed to looking too far forward and being like, okay, what's, what's the next, what's the next domino to fall? I'm just living on the current domino now and really enjoying it's it. It's so great when that, like when, when that happens Yeah, and it's like, you know what, what's your five year plan? Well, I mean, I kind of have a plan. Yeah. Right. But I'm, I'm loving where I'm at. I'm in the present. I'm taking advantage of moments that's yeah. such a great place to be that's well, pretty convicting because like I, everyone says live in the present but they don't break down what that means because the opposite is what you're actually doing where you're either mm -hmm. dreading what you did in the past celebrating what you did in the past or looking for i'm guilty of looking at the future yeah like yeah. constantly planning the next thing right. and looking for like hey we're in this podcast right now but in a half hour i gotta work out and sure and you know a couple hours i gotta pick up the kids and yep and and not being present and shutting off what is in the future because that will take care of itself. It'll be yeah. here pretty soon before you know it. And then you're not experiencing any life expect the, except the one thing you were looking forward to that day. Right. And I think for me too, it's it's been an interesting journey of being more and more um, content with the many different passions that I have. And instead of just trying to pick one that I'm pursuing, to be able to say, these don't have to compete. Like yeah. I'm passionate about these different mm. things for a reason. Um, I'm passionate about being in front of people as a performer and an entertainer, as an artist. I'm passionate about loving my family where we are here. I'm passionate about this community. Like I could very easily, this is not tooting my own horn, but it's like I could be in Nashville. I could be in New York. I could be in LA, mm -hmm. but there's a reason why I choose Fishers, Indiana. Right. You know, there's a reason why I'm not looking to uproot the family and move. And, I love um, that. yeah. And I, I think part of it is like being in a military family where I was moving every two to three years. Mm -hmm. Now I'm realizing, Oh my gosh, I've been able to provide for my family in a way that allows my kids to have the stability and just the roots that I never had as a kid, um, that created a ton of anxiety in me as a kid. And still that I'm unpacking to this day of like, you know, the way that I am. And so for me, I think I've just come to see success differently. Yeah. Um, I think success at the end of the day is 
did I pour everything that I possibly could into the relationships that I had in front of me that day, into the opportunities that were given to me that day? Am I grateful for everything that I'm going into? Am I checking boxes of things that I want to be able to do too? Like mm-hmm. Indie Now, now that I'm hosting this, like I'm literally entertaining and being in front of. It's the biggest regular platform I've ever performed on and ever been on. And so it's a different level of responsibility. There's literally, you know, tens of thousands of people that yep. see me. I'm the receptionist here. Yeah. When I checked in, she's like, are you on any now? I'm like, hi, <laughs> yeah, hi. You know, and I kind of forget that that's out there now, but I wasn't ready when I was 25 to be where I am now. Right. Um, I wouldn't have been ready to handle the responsibility of being a dad, being a husband, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing all people these different things. Yeah. And, um, not only that, but like I formed a podcast with a friend the, the other year. Um, during the pandemic where we just super got into U.S. history. And I was like, man, I've got a lot of different things going on. Yeah, sure, let's add a podcast to it. <laughs> yeah. and not only that, let's read a book on every American president. That, that'll be fun. Well, it's like 15,000 pages in now. Yeah, it's yeah. like I'm learning more, too, that um, success for me, there's a lot of relational value in success, too, where it's like more about the community that I get to do all this with as opposed to what I'm doing, what I'm creating. Right. It's like the, the product is great, but it's all, to my in my opinion, about the relationships that those opportunities are fostering to go deeper. Well, Man. there's something to be said for it. I know you have something to say, too, but there's something to be said for taking control back of your life and time because even in your main role right now, it is technically a part-time role allowing yeah. you to do sure. your podcast your voiceovers, your music, yep. your volunteering, all those things. Yeah. That's pretty unique and that's that's a that's a place I think a lot of people aspire to. I, I mean, I think I read somewhere where you, our modern day kids are not wanting to be astronauts and princesses mm-hmm. when they grow up. The number one answer is entrepreneur. Hmm. And so, but what happens is that's the dream. So for 10 years, you're dreaming about that. So then you're dreading your desk job or you're dreading what you're in. Yeah. And I think the best thing to tell someone, especially a kid or, you know, 20 something in a job where they don't feel like they're being fulfilled is to own that job, own it, become that one with that brand and use that brand to propel you and your own personal brand. And everyone wins when that happens. Yeah. When you start fighting your brand and fighting your desk job and just like everybody loses. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something you, I mean, you gave a hundred percent every step of the way and just listened to opportunities and took the next opportunity. Yeah. And in the moment it was super stressful and anxiety inducing to be like, why am I pivoting like this? But in retrospect, like I said, it's like, oh, that was for my journey. And it's like, that's okay. And I think to take your eye off the person next to you or the person in front of you and try to compete with them, it's like, focus on what your calling is. Focus on what your specific gifts are. Because man, everything I'm doing right now, I was a super nerd growing up. Like my, the, the books that I would uh, read for road trips with our family was like 2001 Fascinating Facts. Like those were the books that I would, what am I doing now? I'm doing a podcast that's yeah. focused on reading and learning. Right. Um, I could trace back the the seeds of being an entertainer and, and bringing laughter and joy to people. The, one of the earliest memories I have is making my family laugh, creating a voice uh, to one of my favorite books is a five-year-old kid in our Volkswagen camper putting around Europe. And like huh. it was kind of that like, oh, they just laughed. Let's see if I can do that again. Mm. What am I doing now? One of the things that I'm doing 
there's a lot of voiceover work that fits in with the podcasting and the hosting, but I'm creating an, uh, uh, a voice for an animated character in this independent uh, project about a little alien and a human that meet in outer space. It's called Moon Detectives, and I'm the alien. And I'm like, wow, okay. That started all the way Looking back, back you can trace that thread all the way back mm-hmm. to being five years old. All the performing experience. It's that 10,000 10, hours concept, right? Yeah. So it's like, like while you're in your life, don't forget to study your life as well and try to look at the themes try to look at the frustrations because sometimes the frustrations are a signpost that are like okay why are you frustrated about what you're in right now it might just be it's not your boss it, it might be your boss it might maybe she's whatever having a bad day maybe he's just being a jerk but i guarantee something is is uh the grit in the oyster a little bit more than what you may be aware of it's like examine that stuff and that's yeah. something that i would encourage anyone who's maybe a millennial right now like i don't know what to do the world's a hard place it's like mm-hmm. well find out what you're passionate about what cause are you trying to fix what are you gifted for naturally just pursue that right now we live in the most technologically advanced society of all time yep and you've seen so many people pivoting from you know covid and lockdown realizing i hated my job i want to do this instead use that time to create it like you're we're sitting right now in a, in a podcast studio where it's like all the stuff you can buy, you can get on Amazon delivered at your door tomorrow. Yep. You want to start a podcast? Do it. Stop complaining that you don't know what you're doing with your life. Right. Try to figure out what you want to do and go do it. Yeah. That's how everything that's awesome gets started. Massive Someone's action. like, I want to solve that. And they go do it. And I hate to say it, like, don't be so focused on telling everyone that you're doing it. <laughs> Spend more time doing it than like broadcasting, <laughs> you know? So hashtag hustle. Yeah. Just be like be quiet in the hustle and yeah, just yeah, respect yeah. the process yeah, we know what you're doing yeah yeah right. <laughs> you don't have to tell us no <laughs> anyway sorry marcus i interrupted you do you remember what you were gonna ask? um i do but i'm not sure that it makes sense That's all oh, good. Yeah, we, we, we went way too deep yeah uh, for that question i can tell it, i don't yeah. even remember the question you asked i just know that we were talking <laughs> so about all I, kinds of here's, fun stuff here's what i'd love to learn about is um the show i yeah i have never seen it yeah I'm curious to know which you, one, the president know. podcast or the indie now? No, the indie now. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're as indie grows. Yeah. yeah. He's got this lifestyle show. Um, and, uh, I might have a couple of questions, but I'd love to just hear, you know, what's the, what's the purpose of the show? Like, mm-hmm. um, why, why do you have it? What does it look like? When yeah. can we find it? Sure. I'd, I'd love to know that kind of thing. So let's start with the purpose first. It's all about local. Um, I, I wasn't in the conversations before I came into this, you know, at Fox 59, but I know that there was a push for um, highlighting local small businesses, mm-hmm. local entrepreneurs, local causes mm-hmm. and personalities that are really doing positive things in central Indiana. It's not just Indianapolis, you know, the, the broadcast goes a lot across the state and that I'm learning about me. I love giving the platform to a local small business owner who, especially in this time has just been devastated by COVID is sure. trying to come out of it. Yeah. We had a, we had a local baker, uh, on the show. Uh, we call literally we called her the day before she was on. We're like, hey, it's National Peanut Butter Lovers Day tomorrow. Can you make some peanut butter confectionery stuff? And she's mm-hmm. like, I love themes. I live for themes. I got you. I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> this woman shows up. She had stayed up all night long, and she has a she has a business. And like the spread she brought is unbelievable. Yeah. And she's like, man, thank you so much for giving me this platform to come and talk to multiple thousands of people for four minutes about what I do. She hit us up after the show. She's like, I've already gotten so many. Orders. Thank you so much. So like That's for so me, great. it brings me a ton of joy to be like, yo, this isn't my platform. This is our platform. This yeah. is your platform. Now, I would I, like it's interesting to think 
the course that could be taught on how to train nonprofit leaders or business owners or solopreneurs to be like, yo, you got four minutes. <laughs> Tell us what it you're flies. about. I'm good at it. And it flew for me. Yeah. Like, cause it's, I, I'm, you are good at it, I'm used, I'm yeah. used to it. Like, and I'm not just saying like, I'm used to it is what I should say. Yeah. In those four minutes, like is like 20 seconds. Yep. Yep. It, it was fun. I'll give you a little behind the scenes too. Cause we brought pizza for Parks <laughs> Place pub. Yeah, you did. And they were like, um, <laughs> Yeah, they're used to eating cold pizza. I was like, I'm not going to have him eat cold pizza. He's like, he's a good actor. I was like, no, I want him to have the authentic pizza. So I went to the microwave and did two pieces of pizza. Yeah. Uh, he took one bite. It was the best piece of pizza he's ever oh, had. Oh, so great. Oh, my gosh. This pizza is mind-blowing. Yeah. But it's like, hey, sum up what you do. Like, pull some heartstrings. Mm -hmm. Get me excited. And to that point, I do think the younger generation now, like, lives in that, like, zero attention span, you know, time limit yep. where it's like you're flipping through a story and it's like, yo, get to the good part. Yeah. You know, there's oh, literally sure. a song, can we get to the good part? Like, that's kind of the generational vibe where it's like, yo, impress me quick. Yeah. And so. And they were um, fast. If you watch the show, like, the first time I was on, they started with a mermaid. <laughs> Oh, that was, was that show. National yeah, yeah. Mermaid it was National Day. Mermaid Day. So he yeah. was trying on a mermaid costume and immediately went into like a homeowner's. Like, I mean, it's just like you have five yeah. to ten guests at some point. Yeah. I mean, there's eight or nine segments per per show. And we do a lot of games. We do a lot of. Um, Is it designed for those clips, too? Like, do you put yeah. those out on yeah, and that's actually platforms and things? I've heard a lot of people being like, hey, I, I don't uh, you catch your show live from 10 to 11, but I see it on Instagram or I see your stories on Facebook. Yeah. And like, that's been an interesting. Interesting uh, thing to hear about how people are consuming the content, um, but yeah, it's to answer your question, all about local, positive, feel good, fun. When our marketing director was like, "Hey, this isn't just a lifestyle show; it's also an entertainment show," and a light bulb went ab off above my head. It's like, "Oh, I've been doing that my yeah, whole life. Like, let me off the chain. Like, let's go." <laughs> and those you know? segments, though, the, the, the piece about the segments. It has changed because if you miss Johnny Carson, you missed it. Yep. Yeah. And then you could DVR or tape it. Right. Okay, I taped it. Yep. Then you could DVR it. And now we've moved into, I'm not going to watch all of Jimmy Fallon. He's going to have three guests yeah. I don't care about. I'm going to do other things. And then one guest that comes on, you know what? I'll just catch it on his Instagram. Yeah. There's, and so that's where the content's going. So yep. you're, I, I don't know this for sure, but I mean, I used to watch Letterman. And I even used to watch Fallon, but now I literally just watch like YouTube or yep. Instagram clips of it. And I wonder what the sponsors think about capitalizing on that versus the actual show itself. I don't know what the metrics are, but yeah, I don't know either. I mean, that's a good question for like the digital marketing department, but I do know that I'm hearing more and more. Like I see you guys on social media. That's yeah. where I catch up with the clips. And I'm like, yeah. that's cool. You know? And so, yeah, we do have those. That's where the clips are generated for me. Yep. As yeah. I'm exactly. scrolling through. Precisely. So yeah. maybe that's a good time to ask my, my question. Sure. You talked a lot about community and the people that you're doing it with. Yeah. Um, you seem to have a um, ministry bent about you as well. Yeah. So, you, so um, I'm really curious how somebody that's in media, in entertainment, mm -hmm. Right. At some level, you're kind of contributing to this like consumerist, you know, yep. mindset, this isolation that people um, by just sitting there staring at our phones all sure. day. Yeah. Um, how do you, um, I guess, balance that mm -hmm. with encouraging the community piece of it and, and bringing the community around yourself as well? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I'm a big advocate as far as you don't even have to be an entertainer or an artist to have an audience. I mean, we all have an audience in what we're doing. Um, I'm a big advocate of knowing that audience and not just knowing what makes them tick, but 
trying in what you're doing or providing to serve them. Mm-hmm. How are you making this more about them? Bringing them value. Absolutely, because that's what they want. Why? Why should they care? You know, and I'm I'm constantly trying to think like, why does Donna in Elwood, Indiana, care about what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and what I'm doing in this moment. Um, I'm a big proponent of bringing joy as much as I can, and so like I'm totally fine being the goofball on the show. Like <laughs> I live in that sandbox, you yeah. know. And for me, it you really want does. Want to be that mermaid? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> merman. <laughs> um, but. You know, I don't. I don't see it as necessarily contributing to the whole media thing. Like to me, it's like now. Granted, if if this was a national show, that'd be a whole different conversation. Yeah. But the fact that we're five months into a local show, where we're st- again kind of like Straight No Chaser, like we don't know what this looks like. Right. That's we're great. getting we're getting metrics back and rankings back that mm-hmm. this is working, this isn't. We're going to tweak this. We have a great team behind the scenes, you know. And to me, I think. If the show weren't about the local community, it would be a different conversation that we're having right now. Yeah. I really love, whether it's events or causes or nonprofits, um, you know, just we have a segment called I Am Indie that it's like, hey, what do you love about Central Indiana? Yeah. What do you love about the Hoosier State? That's what, so good. what even like, what are you doing to make the Hoosier State a better, a better place? And we're not worried about the country. We're worried about like, where are Man, you from? And what I tell are you, you doing? This is so refreshing. Like, I, I frequently post just, I love Indianapolis yeah. on Facebook. Th- those words. Yep. Yeah. Because I really do. And I think, I at least where I came from. Now, mm-hmm. I grew up in Muncie. I went to school in Anderson. And that's a different culture than Indianapolis is. Indianapolis is very forward-thinking. Sure. The other two that I mentioned are, are not as forward-thinking. Um, you can see that in their schools and their businesses that, yeah. that aren't going the same places and directions. But I love Indianapolis and I love Indiana. And I feel like it, the cool thing when I was a kid was to be like, I hate Indiana. I wish I was in Nashville. I wish mm. I was in LA. Sure. I wish I was in. And you know what? When you go visit those people, at least when I was that age, they were all saying the same thing. I hate LA. I can't yeah. wait to get out of Nashville. Like, yeah. and, and like, I feel like we just come from a generation, at least maybe that's been my experience where people are dissatisfied with where they are and they're blaming their surroundings instead of engaging into the community. And that's what I love about what you're doing. Thanks, man. I mean, we're not doing it perfectly. You know, we're trying to, I'm a big proponent of like, Hey, aim for excellent, not perfect. Perfect is totally unattainable, but let's aim for excellence in everything that we do, whether it's a tease that we're writing for the next segment or a social media post that we're doing, or like a question that we ask to ask a guest. I love it when a guest goes, I've never been asked that before. That's a really good question. I love that. I, I kind of pat myself on the back and pat my co-host Jillian on, on her back. I'm like, man, we're doing, we're doing something right here. But when we hear the stories from our, um, our paid clients and then our organic guests that we have on where, you know, we are delivering results and value to them, uh, and the viewer says that same thing. I'm like, we're doing this right. And yeah. I think part of the secret sauce is that we're not making it about us. That's great. We're not making it about us, man. We just get the opportunity to. That's true. And you watch it, you don't feel that way because there's some co- there's some hosts where like they steal the show. It's all about them, yeah. and you do not get that when you no, watch dude, the show. No, dude, because I realized that I wasn't even looking for this opportunity. Right. I, it fell into my lap again, like straight no chaser. It was like bloop. Here's a blessing. What are you gonna do with it? And in my opinion, you don't immediately say yes to it. I mean, like, be be cautious and go into this and ask questions and learn what you got to learn. Have good counsel around you. But then once you say yes, like, deliver and try to show up and do things with excellence and do it as best as you possibly can. And I think that can apply to any arena or industry or service that you're in um, is, uh, is really that excellence piece. And that's what we're trying to do. How do you go about doing excellence mm-hmm. when you don't really know what you don't know? It's a great question. Um, 
I think I was just talking to a friend uh, the other day about this, about the importance of what voice am I listening to? And I am, I'm big, like there are moments of self-criticism for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that I've dealt with, uh, you know, on whatever platform I'm on, like I often can hear that voice and hearing it for what it's worth and then being like, okay, I'm not going to listen to that longer than I need to. I'm going to focus on the positive here. I'm going to try to get better. We also, part of the, the DNA of the show is that we just embrace the awkward. Like if something <laughs> happens on live TV and it's just weird and random, like we kind of put our finger on the weird and be like, that was weird, wasn't it? Um, so I think while we're tr- still trying to figure out what this is, how do I aim for excellence? Um, I think I try to make it as much as I can about the guest or the co-host that is next to me or the person on the other end of the camera. I really try to like think of like who is the camera. Yep. Who is that? It's kind of like what what you th- what you what you learn about um, business and and just in life when you're dealing with someone, make them feel like they're the most important person in the room. Yeah. I think Ryan's doing that on a much bigger scale, where the camera is representing ten thousand of those people, but yeah. they feel like they are being directly talked to and cared for. He's making them the most important person right. in the room. Yeah. Well, to me, like. When I start hearing from guests, like I love coming to hang out with you guys, as mm-hmm. opposed to I love being on your show to sell my product. Right. It's like I just love being on the studio with yeah. you guys. We had a guest who was like, he was set up on the couch yesterday, former uh, former NBA player, you know, from Indiana, and he he was sitting there and he was just kind of watching the show. His name's Ken Barlow, and he's like, uh, we come over for his interview finally, and he's like. I almost forgot we were doing an interview for me. I yeah. just had so much fun watching you guys behind the scenes. And I'm like, that's what I want to hear. That's that's the kind of, to, your, to answer your question, Marcus, is like, I'm aiming for excellent by creating an environment that allows our guests to feel not just welcome, but included and celebrated. And like, they get to have fun at this party with us. We definitely do feel like we're kind of the kids table, like within the building where it's like, <laughs> oh, that's indie now, you know, having too much fun over there. But it's like, yeah, I mean, that's what we're all about, especially in the season that everyone could use a laugh, man. That's great. Yeah, no everyone doubt. could use a, a smile and, and less heavy news. We're, we're the light news, man. Well, we're out of time, but I want to tell people where they can find you, obviously, at 10 o'clock. AM on Fox 50 now, yep. uh, 59 any now. Uh, but tell what, what is the uh, podcast called and give us the, sure. the 30 second. Uh, yeah. So it's called the Presequential Podcast, where we go from one to 45 and under 90, and we discuss the life, legacy, and little known facts of every American president. So that's me and my two friends, Blaine and Russ. Uh, you can find more about that at Presequential. We read a biography on every single American president, and then we also have a cocktail in that president's honor uh, based <laughs> on what they like to drink. And that so we cool. kind of review the drink, we review the book, we try to talk about what so we learn. Just to be clear, you don't read the book in your podcast. You are literally having a book discussion with We have your already read the book. Already read the book, yeah, right? and yeah. we talk about what we learned. Like, and it's easy and with like, and you always really read it. You don't, you don't skim, dude. Fifteen thousand pages, like <laughs> read. It, it's brutal. Like, what we, what I is wish there a we book written we on every do. president? Yeah, it's a book written. Yeah, on every I'm president. sure there's multiple books. Yeah, written on every so we're president. entering season three now, and uh, this episode or this season is going to be interesting because we're really getting into some of these polarizing figures. You know, it's like, okay, you got the Mount Rushmore guys, but yeah. then you got Millard Fillmore. Like, what did he do? Was he yeah. even alive? And now you've got the ones that are like highly polarizing mm. as we're as we're approaching that so season three is going to be really fun but uh you can find my music at ryansongs.com wherever you stream your music uh and i'm at ryan songs on social media thanks for being on the show ryan marcus you'll get there one day someday appreciate it you look cool over there on the couch though hey yeah that's mostly what he brings me here to do as it grows successful people doing successful things in indianapolis we'll see you next time 
up into my circle with the opposite of Urkel. When I pull up flying purple people.